0: no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you can write over this text simply the summary statement, Christ is the answer. You want to know the way? Jesus says, I am the way. You want to know truth? Jesus says, I am the truth. You want to know life? I am the life. And if you want to avoid false ways to God, well, Jesus is the answer. Now, you'll notice that the Lord didn't make it easy here. He said in this passage, Ye believe in God? Well, that's not enough. You also need to believe in Me. You believe in heaven, the place of many mansions, but who will take you there? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means that the Lord Jesus, by His death, has purchased the right to lead everyone who believes on Him right into glory, absolute assurance, and the promise that he will take us there himself. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Goller, her pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. Today we come to the simple message of our Saviour, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'd like to read that passage in John chapter 14, where the Lord Jesus made that statement that saying he was the only way into heaven, the only way by which people can be saved. Let's read this together. John 14, And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? And there we bring our Bible reading to an end, and I trust that the Lord will minister to your heart today as we come to this message, Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is what makes Christianity to be exclusive. This is what makes Christianity to be unique, because God had one son, and he sent him one time in the person of Christ. He took that human body that was miraculously conceived in Mary's womb. You had God's Son, born of Mary, and he was given the name Jesus. He lived one life, one time in this world, and he died on the cross once, and he redeemed his people by his blood, rising again from the dead once He is one Savior, and he is the one that we preach today to the world. So stay tuned as we come to the message from the pulpit of our church on Jesus saying, I am the way. Our text today in God's Word is John 14, verse 6. We're coming here to another I am statement of our Lord Jesus, one of the best known perhaps, and one of the simplest perhaps, And therefore, you would say, no problem to preach that. Well, this is a text that challenges every preacher. It's a text that rises up because it has the whole gospel in the simplest of terms. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you can write over this text simply the summary statement, Christ is the answer. You want to know the way? Jesus says, I am the way. You want to know truth? Jesus says, I am the truth. You want to know life? I am the life. And if you want to avoid false ways to God, well, Jesus is the answer. Now, you'll notice that the Lord didn't make it easy here. He said in this passage— Ye believe in God? Well, that's not enough. You also need to believe in me. You believe in heaven, the place of many mansions, but who will take you there? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means that the Lord Jesus, by his death, has purchased the right to lead everyone who believes on him right into glory, absolute assurance and the promise that he will take us there himself. You want to be made ready for heaven? Jesus is the answer, because he has already done so. God never has, and he never will, take his people into a place that is unprepared for them. In the creation, when God made Adam and Eve, there was that beautiful garden in which he placed them, a place that was well prepared. When he led his people Israel out of bondage of Egypt through the desert into the promised land, it was a land prepared for them. There were cities already built. There were wells already dug. There were vines already growing and flourishing. It was a land of milk and honey, a land of plenty. And God has a place prepared for us, spoken of here as these mansions in heaven, a prepared place for a prepared people. We're told also that the Lord will come himself and take us there. He will not even leave it all to the angels. Now, we know from other parts of Scripture that angels will be involved in gathering the the people of God from all the corners of the earth, but the Lord himself shall come and he shall appear in glory, and he will bring us unto the Father. Now, Thomas asked in verse 6 a very simple, straightforward question, and how can we know the way? And the summary again is Christ is the answer. He is the way. And here is the simplicity of the gospel. It is the all-time great answer to any inquiring soul who would be free from sin and go to heaven. Christ is the answer. And you're wondering, can you ever have peace with God? Can you ever have this assurance that you're in the way, that you have the truth, and that you also possess eternal life to live with God? Do you want to know the Father? Well, look at verse 7 for a moment. Uh, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. The way to know the Father is through the Son. And if you do not know the Son, don't claim to know God. Don't claim to be in God's grace. Don't claim to be his child. Don't claim to be in the family unless you know the Son, the Lord Jesus, and he is your personal Lord and Savior. And, of course, the Lord is the remedy for a troubled heart. Um, Here in this passage you have, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And maybe there is someone here today with a troubled heart. There are many troubles and cares in this life, troubles that Christians possess too at times, and burdens that we, we, we carry along life. But there is the burden of sin, the trouble of a broken heart, shattered by sin, that needs to be healed. Who is the answer? Well, the Lord Jesus. Ye, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, here's the question. How can this be? How can every answer be found in knowing, believing on, trusting in the Lord Jesus alone? Seems so simple. It seems. Just take one box, and it's, it's everything answered. How can that Possibly be. Well, in this text, and as I said in the beginning, so simple in its statement, but profound in its fullness, this text addresses the distance between man and God. Jesus is the way to the Father. It also addresses the darkness between man and God. We need to know the truth, and by nature, we're in spiritual darkness. This text addresses the sentence of death between God and men. We need life, because by nature, sin, the wages of sin is death. This text also addresses the deceptions about mediators between God and men. Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but by me. So we can work our way through these four points that this text addresses, firstly, the distance between man and God. Do you feel that today, a distance between you and God? Do you personally know the living God? Are you in fellowship with him? If he walked into the midst here today, would it be that you could welcome him into your heart and into your life? Well, here the Lord Jesus says, and again, it's so beautifully simple, but preachers are called to preach the simplicity of the gospel. We're not called to make it complicated. We're just to state it as it is and rejoice in the answers here. Jesus simply said, I am the way. I am the way. When God put Adam into the garden, he was rightly related to God. There was no distance between God and Adam. Adam loved God. He walked with God. He worshiped God. He was delighting in God. He had Communion with his Maker. The way was open. There was no hiding, no lurking, no running. There was perfect fellowship with God. He knew his Maker. He knew the truth. And he possessed spiritual life. He had all of these things. But through sin, of course, Adam lost all of these. And you and I, by sin, have lost all of these. We are now living at a distance to God and, of course, to a accommodate that, man in his own thinking tries to make his own ladder back to God. All the religions of the world, the human heart, seems to tend every time. Well, I'll find my own way to God. I'll make my own steps up to heaven. But that is not what this says. Jesus says, I am the way. Now, Here's a little point I'd like you to take on board. Many people talk about the journey of faith, and they refer to Christianity or their own religion, whatever it is, I'm on a journey, and I'm on a journey to know God. Let me tell you that is the devil's deception, to take you in the path to hell, the path that will never lead you to the Father. Because this journey idea, well, it never ends. It's a path that just keeps winding and winding and going in all which directions. Christians who are born again, saved by grace, who have come to Christ as Savior, are not on a journey of faith. We are saved. We are in the way. We have discovered God's way to answer, there's distance between man and God, and the Lord Jesus is the one who has bridged that gulf between my soul and a holy God, and there's no other way. And that's what Christians have discovered. And so we can say today, this is a discovery, not a journey. There are many who are ever learning and never come to the knowledge of the truth. You ask them, are you a Christian? They would say yes, but if you ask them, are you sure of heaven? Well, I'm on a journey. I'm going en route. I'm putting it into practice. But they can never say that they're saved and sure of heaven. Well, Jesus says it here. I am the way. I am the way. So this text answers the distance between man and God. It also answers the darkness between man and God. Jesus says, I am the truth you want light in your soul? You want to know God? Well, here is the answer. Ever since Adam fell into sin, knowing God has been a problem because sin put his natural eyes out, his spiritual eyes out, and he could never find his way back to God. And only the Lord can give us that mind— that knowledge, and that truth that leads us back to God. Now, we're in a world of awful confusion, a world—and I've been talking about this in the Sunday evening uh, sermons on 2 Peter 3—where it's a world of relativism. Everything's gray, and it depends on where you're at and what culture you're in and what your environment and situation, and you get terms like relativity and situational ethics and all of those terms. And those are terms of humanism that deny absolute truth. Well, here is the Lord Jesus, and he is speaking in absolute terms. I am the way, the truth. And so this is a, an amazing revelation, It's not by reason, it is by revelation. Now, men say that you cannot know absolute truth, and they say everything is evolving through some kind of random forces pushing uh, their way forward and, and so on. But God is the author of all truth. Who made the brain? that sends messages to the limbs. God made this brain. Who made the eye by which you see objects? You're looking at me right now. You can determine my form, my shape. You can determine my skin color, the clothing that I'm wearing. And there is beaming back and forth from your eye to me all of these things that you're translating through that brain you're processing information right through this eye who made the eye it is the god of wisdom and the god of truth and of course uh, the stars in their place the sun by day the moon by night all of these things God has put all of these things in their place. And because of Adam, we are in spiritual darkness. We are lost and cannot find our way. But God has given us his Son, who is the way, the truth, and to reveal to us the knowledge that we need that we might be right with God. Now, I know you don't believe me, I see unbelief on faces today. I see that quizzical look upon your very cheeks as I speak. So I want to come here to God's Word, and I want us to look at some texts that reveal that Jesus is the truth. He is indeed this revelation of the Father that men need to bridge that gulf between man and his blindness to God. Let's take a look at some of these verses. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. Colossians 2 and verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Ha! This is the Apostle Paul. This is a doctrinal statement of an apostle recorded here in the Scripture of truth for us, and it speaks of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that you need to know God is revealed through the person of the Lord Jesus. He now becomes your spiritual eyes to know and to understand the the love and the grace of the Father. And that's how Jesus could say, He that hath seen me... Have seen the Father. And in John 14, he had said, If ye had known me, ye would have known my Father also. Now, I want to give you a little quote from an author called Arthur W. Pink. Some of you may be uh, informed and having know who he is, uh, but he is a very conservative uh, writer. And I want to just give you a little quote of what he said on this topic— the true knowledge of God cannot be obtained but by the knowledge of the Son and if the Son be really known the Father will be known also the Father is known in so far as the Son is known no farther and so the question is do you know the Son have you got Christ in your heart, in your life? Have you heard his voice calling you and leading you into the truth? Now, let's go back to that passage in in John that we were looking at, and we will look at verses 8 to 11 in John 14, verses 8 through 11. And this is the conversation between Philip and the Lord Jesus. Now, these were curious men, and thankfully they were asking the right questions. And that's the first part of getting an education, is to know how to ask the right question. And the Lord had, of course, a a perfect answer. Philip saith unto him in John 14, verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us here's the truth now. He was asking after truth. He wanted to know God. And that is the absolute need of every human being, to know God. If we don't know God, how will we ever live with him? If we do not know God, how shall we share eternity with him? The pressing need of every heart is to know God. And here Jesus saith unto him, verse 9, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? And in that sense, Jesus is the truth. He is the word. He is the revelation of the Father. Do you want to know the nature of God? Do you want to know the grace of God? Do you want to know the wrath of God? Do you want to know the character of God? The Lord Jesus came into the world to reveal himself unto men. Thank you for joining with us on the program here today on Let the Bible Speak. I pray that God in his great grace will reveal his son to you and draw you to sure personal faith in the blood of Jesus, in the death of Jesus, in the work of his cross, because it is by the cross that we are reconciled to God, and to know his love, you must come to the cross, you must bow the knee to Jesus, accept him as your Lord and Savior. We now have Alan McGill to sing, The Love of God is Beyond Comprehension. I want you to listen, and may the Lord minister to your heart through this message and song today. Men may scale the highest mountain and descend the deepest sea but no one could ever measure God's great love at Calvary Love of Eyes so pure and tender, love so merciful and free, far beyond all comprehension is the love. to live without him, and his beauty never see, I shall ever sing his praises. listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and that was Alan McGill singing for us, and I trust that the message of the gospel has touched your heart and drawn you to consider the one on the cross dying, bleeding, suffering for you. Did you know that Christ, when the sinner is brought to the bar, appears there himself? There stands the man whose hands are pierced he stands numbered with transgressors. Let the trial proceed. What is the accusation? He stands to answer it. He points to his side, his hands, his feet, and challenges justice to bring anything against the sinners whom he represents. In one word, the great fact on which the Christian's hope rests is substitution, the vicarious sacrifice of Christ for the sinner. Christ suffering for the sinner, Christ being made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, Christ offering up a true and proper substitutionary sacrifice in the place of as many as the Father gave him, who are recognized by their trusting in him. This is the cardinal fact of the gospel. All oh, that this was truly written on our hearts why was he there why did god send his son into the world to be mocked rejected crucified by the the hands of wicked men who cried out crucify him crucify him well the answer is he died for us christ died for us in our place And this is the amazing mercy and love of God that he gave his own son to take our place to bring us wonderful, powerful, personal salvation. He died in our place. Take that in today. Now stay tuned for these closing announcements.